Hey, good morning, everyone. So good to see you guys here this morning. Uh, we are so privileged just to have another uh, missionary come to kind of finish off our mission celebration week. And Connor Anderson and his wife, Katie, just in there, uh, they have three beautiful young uh, children. And God is uh, leading them to uh, East Africa. And what I love about the story of Connor is is how he came to know Christ. He's going to share that a little bit this morning. But, but, but Connor is a product of of somebody that had a heart for college campuses. And Connor was going to the University of Texas this freshman year, and, uh, and it was there uh, through a Chi Alpha ministry. It's a college ministry through the Assemblies of God that, that, that their emphasis is to reach college campuses, not, not only in the United States, but around the world. And it was through that ministry that someone reached out to Connor and shared the love of Christ with him. And it was through that ministry that Connor came to know the Lord. And through that, it just birthed in his heart. And God laid on his heart the heart for missions and college campuses. Met his wife there at college. So it kind of worked out great for you, Connor. And that, that was, that was you, you got a good deal there. Did a tremendous job in the first service. I picked Connor up at the airport last night. And I, I, you know, I want to talk to him and and uh, just take him out, uh, take him out to dinner. And I said, man, I just I want to immerse him in the Rochester culture. And what better way to immerse him in the Rochester culture than to give him one of these? You guys may know what this is. Yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, see, I told you, Connor. Now he goes, what is a garbage plate? So I said, you got to experience. So he was all into, we, we, we fist bumped. I said, let, let me take you to a good place. It was a good garbage place. Now, can you guess which one is mine and which one is Connor's? He, when he ordered it and got the tomatoes and lettuce, even the guy that took our order was like, huh? Why? It's a little, little dainty there. But anyways, we'll, we'll let him pass. It was his first one. We enjoyed that. I think he's still feeling it right now, but, uh, we enjoyed that and uh, enjoyed our garbage plate, but it, it's, it's been a joy to kind of get to know Connor and, and what God has laid on his on his heart. And and uh, I know that you will be blessed this morning to hear what God is doing in their heart and how God is leading them to Eastern uh, Africa, Tanzania, and other countries. And um, so he did a wonderful job in the first service, and I'm so thankful that he was able to to come and just share with our, our congregation this morning. So would you just give just Connor a warm welcome as he comes and just shares this morning? Thanks, Connor. I had no idea what I was getting into at that place. I was like, where's the bun at? I'm like, what? It's like macaroni salad at the bottom. And I'm not, it was good, okay? I'm not, but it is a little strange if you're not from these parts. Jim Schreiber, I tricked you good, didn't I? I was talking to him in the back before service. This is so funny. Talking in the back, and, and he goes, are you new here? And I said, yeah. And he pops up out of his chair and, face, and starts to tell me about his farm and his family, and we start talking about things. Isn't that sweet? That was brand new to this church, and that, which I guess I am. Thank you for that, my friend. You guys are precious people. And then your wife is so sweet. She came and she goes, we're having a missionary come and speak today. I, sa- I said, praise God. Isn't that awesome? I, had, I, I just love doing stuff like that. 
Okay. There should be a photo of my family and I. I'm not alone. It wasn't, it wasn't a lie. I have a beautiful wife and three beautiful children. Um, that's Kate. Her and I met in school. And, and Charles, our oldest, uh, he's six. And then Moira, we call her Momo. She's about to be five. And then Lillian, she's about to be two. And uh, I said in the first service, and I'll say it again uh, to, to my last breath, that they're just as much missionaries as I am. And they've counted the, the, the same cost. And, you know, until two weeks ago, my wife had never stepped foot uh, on the continent of Africa. And she already said yes in her heart. And something I actually didn't tell in the first service, too, is that my wife and I have never been to Tanzania, ever. And we said yes. I read this book. It's called The Joy of Following Jesus. If you take notes, write it down by a guy named J. Oswald Sanders. And he said a hundred years ago, you know, and beyond that, that, you know, when missionaries said yes to Jesus, they would get on a boat and they would take a, a ride across the world and sometimes it would be six months at a time and by the time you showed up at your destination, you'd have scurvy and, and all these things and maybe not know a soul. It's changed a little bit now, right? Just a plane ride away. But that really spoke to my wife and I, and the Lord actually spoke to us when we read that. And he said, you will never uh, go to Tanzania, or you will never visit Tanzania until you move there. And we've had a great peace in that, that the Lord spoke that to us. Isn't that cool? And so my wife, I've been to Africa a few times before. My wife had never been until last week for a get-together that we had with all the workers on the continent in South Africa. And so she's the true hero uh, to me. The faith that she has to follow the Lord and to to lay down even the lives of her children, the hopes that she has for her children to say yes to the Lord. Because that's the greatest understanding that we have is that they don't belong to us. They belong to Him. You with me this morning? Okay. Let's pray real quick and then I'm going to read you a little little intro story. Father, we love you and it's an honor to be here. Uh, God, garbage plate and all, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and we're just so thankful uh, for your presence. And God, I pray this, uh, I pray this again I, I, and I, with every fiber of my being, Lord. I pray that the words that people hear today, God, that it would be your, your still, quiet voice, Holy Spirit, that speaks to the individual heart today. Not my words, but yours, Lord. That you would speak and encourage and challenge, God, and comfort those that are here this morning. We love you, God. It's in your precious name we, we lift these things up. Amen. Okay. Adonaim Judson entered Burma, which is now Myanmar, in 1813. He went to India first, where William Carey told him not to enter because it was too dangerous. There was war with Siam, which is now Thailand, raids, rebellion, and no religious freedom. All the missionaries had died or left. Judson went away. He was 24. His wife was 23. The first three children, the first a stillborn on the boat between India and Burma. The second died after 17 months, and the third died at, uh, the third died at two, only six months after her mother had died. Judson lost three children and his wife in their first years in Burma. He was thrown in the prison. 
his legs fettered. At night, a bamboo pole was inserted between his leg chains so that he was lifted up all night long. His feet were in the air and only his head and shoulders would touch the ground. And he slept this way every night for 17 months. He was marched through the jungle barefoot, emaciated, sick, and weak. He remarried later on in life and his second wife also died. And then he remarried again and his third wife also passed. His brother died, his father died, another child went to be with the Lord. You see, Judson knew great suffering and was bruised by much death. And after 10 years, there were only 18 converts. All that suffering, 10 years, 18 converts. Judson was the grain of wheat that fell to the ground and died. Now in 2000, because of Judson's work to preach the gospel, translate the scriptures and make disciples, the Baptist Convention in Myanmar consisted consisted of 3,700 churches. 617,781 members and 1.9 million affiliates. Now the story can be found, I should have said this in the first service too. This story can be found in one of the greatest books I've ever read. It's called This Gospel. And it's a live dead book that Dick Brogdon compiled. So for those of you that are note takers that like to read, This Gospel. And I remember reading this story. And just thinking about suffering. And later on I found out his son said this. One of his surviving sons. He said that success and suffering go hand in hand. If someone succeeds, it's because someone suffered for you. And if you're suffering, it's so that somebody after you might succeed. Doesn't that sound like our Lord? And so this is precedent that people set, missionaries, and I wouldn't even say missionaries. You know, life is like this. Parents? Grandparents? It's like this. But the Lord has called all of us, not some of us, not just a missionary, not just a pastor. He's called all of us to make disciples. And so we are the heroes. We are the apple of his eye. Together. You with me? Okay. So in 2010, I attended uh, University of Texas, the branch in San Antonio. And my degree actually is in exercise science. Uh, the fancy word is kinesiology. Anybody? Any PTs, OTs in the, in the building? Anybody? No? All right, cool. <clears throat> so I did that and, and uh, was getting ready to graduate. And the Lord, uh, the Lord placed something special in my heart. Now, you see, when I started, when I attended college, uh, I had kind of grown up in a family that went to church every so often, like they would go off and on kind of thing. But I didn't really want anything to do with God because the way that my parents acted when they sat in seats like this versus what they acted behind closed doors were two totally separate things. So it was no wonder I didn't want anything to do with the Lord. Or I didn't believe in His power. Or in His truth or in His goodness. And so when I went to school, I... uh, I was greeted by two guys in these matching shirts that say Kaiapha, which just stands for Christ Ambassadors. And they walked up to me and they were overly nice. It kind of creeped me out a little bit. Asked me if they could move my stuff into my dorm room. I said yes. 
And they kind of gave me like this, just this very sweet, genuine little spiel about their Chi their, you know, their Alpha group. And I stopped right there. I'm good. And I rushed to fraternity. And boy, I had the worst semester of my life. You see, I wasn't the best student. I got into university on academic probation. And to stay in school, I had to maintain a 2.0. So guess what I got? A 2.0. I never went to class. I got a D in like intro writing composition for freshmen. Like the easiest class. I love that you're laughing right now. It's so funny. <laughs> There's like one person left. You're the best. Brandon, you're the best. The worst semester of my life. And I remember I, I went back to my dorm room. So get this. I go back to my dorm room. And I had hit rock bottom. You know, partying and all, just looking for some kind of something to live my life for, some kind of purpose. And I'm in my dorm room, and I was contemplating taking my life. And I remember in the, in the stillness of my room, I said something very simple. I said, God, if you're real, could you help someone like me? If you're real. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. And the very next day, there was a sweet, uh, the sweet little girl, her name, black girl, her name was Ashley Shavers, and she invited me uh, to a church that she was kind of attending, this Chi Alpha group. And I went in. I didn't even tell this first service. I'm giving all the good stuff to second service. Praise God. See, there are rewards for sleeping in. <clears throat> and so I get to service and I end up getting plugged into this, this Chi Alpha Christian group. And, you know, I thought it might be kind of lame. And I wasn't really sure because I was like, kind of like, is this like a big old youth group kind of thing? Or I was just being honest. This is what I was thinking about. And I'm watching these students that are there willingly on a Thursday night. They're raising their hands and worshiping the Lord. And they look just like me. Worshiping the Lord. And when I joined Chi Alpha, it was about 50 students. And then the next two to three years, it grew to like 750 students. So we saw the Lord do like immeasurable things. Lives transformed and changed. And that's why missionaries were sent out. Because some students felt the calling. To be ministers of the gospel. Some of them are preachers and you know, pastors. Some of them are world missionaries, U.S. missionaries. And some of them are, are the greatest soldiers of them all. People in the workplace. That's tough. But we saw God do these beautiful things with Chi Alpha. And we would always say in Chi Alpha, what God does in you, he wants to do through you. Which comes from 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things that you've heard in the presence of many witnesses... And trust these things to reliable people who will be able to teach others also. So I have a photo of some, got some dudes in me. This is, uh, oh gosh, this photo is probably like five years old now. But these are some of the dudes I had the privilege of discipling and pouring my life into. Brandon's kind of the coolest one on the end, on the left. Well, I don't know, Nate with his tie is pretty cool too. But Brandon on the left, he was doing pest control in Alabama. He was part of a Kyle, he was actually older than me. And he was doing pest control for like eight years. And God called him from there to go back and be a Kyle for missionary. So imagine giving up that job, what you know, like your, like your steady income as wife as a nurse, and living by faith and raising support. Pretty crazy, right? 
So Brandon, Sam back there. So Brandon's at Auburn University, Chi Alpha. Um, Sam is now in Manhattan. Gabe, the tall guy right behind me, he's coming with us to, and his wife and their little baby that they just had, uh, Paul. They're coming with us to East Africa. River Riego is a graphic designer. Bradley Hammond in the back middle. Uh, kind of looks like a lawyer. He, he's in Manhattan with Chi Alpha. Uh, Stuart McNeil, Chi Alpha Manhattan. Josue Guia, he's part of a church plant in Texas now. Nate Castillo, the coolest dressed guy in the, in the whole photo. He's a children's pastor in Kerrville, Texas. Luis Orozco, he works in Brownsville. Then, uh, then Jose Gonzalez, him and his wife are in San Antonio right now, but uh, he's not here so I can say it. He's got a dream to go to Vietnam, him and his wife, to be missionaries. He told me that last week. So this principle, what God does in you, he wants to do through you. I know we haven't even talked about Africa, but this has everything to do with missions. Because God has called all of us to have a part to play. And there's no difference, I always stress this, there's no difference between a missionary coming up here, maybe location-wise, but who's going to be here in the Rochester area? Not me, I wasn't called to be here. But you guys are. And you guys are going to make the impact in God's kingdom for this place. God will use you if you let him. You with me? Okay. So we're in Chi Alpha and, and, and getting discipled and, and part of this, this great thing. And, you know, Kate and I weighed when I was getting ready to graduate uh, doing ministry. And, and, and we ended up saying yes uh, to that. Kate, my wife's an RN actually, but she actually has four went working for now. Just to, to be full-time minister and full-time mommy. So she's been doing that. But something that we did in Chi Alpha is we'd always take summer trips. The most beautiful thing you can ever do is leave this place. And see that the world is so much bigger than what you know. Your perspective. Your communities. It was so good and healthy for me. And I see it all the time with these university students. To see that the world is so much bigger. In God's kingdom, it, it has no borders. It's pretty sweet. And so we went all over the world. And one of these places I went to about five, six years ago was West Africa. And I'll tell you a story. When I was there, we were uh, in, this, in this capital. And the, and the country's pretty sensitive, so I won't say it. Um, but we're in this capital. And we go to the other side of the river. And we went to the dirtiest slums. I think I've ever seen in my life. Kids playing on these trash mounds. And there's like donkeys too. It was like the most random. And then there's like a little mosque always in the middle of these neighborhoods. And right in the midst of this old, this old, and get this. The presidential like palace is right up the hill. And the slums are right there at the bottom. And in the middle of those slums is one Christian the only known Christian in that area. His name's Timothy. And Timothy was a refugee from Sierra Leone. See, Sierra Leone, like much of West Africa uh, nations, most of African nations really, are plagued by wars, especially civil wars, tribal wars. So Timothy had been there for 20 years. And you know what he did for a living? He made tie-dye. And so if you go out today and you see that table, that tablecloth that we have, Timothy made that. And Timothy, guess what he had? He had a friend with him. His name was Muhammad. 
He'd been teaching Muhammad how to do tie-dye 20 years. 20 years. You're the only one. And as we left shortly after, we heard news that his friend Muhammad had given his life to the Lord. And so guess what? Now there's two known Christians on that side of that city in this country in West Africa. Timothy is not a missionary. Timothy is not a pastor. Timothy makes great tie-dye. Isn't that awesome? So I come to you today, you know, my wife and I, we're moving to Tanzania. um, And the hope is to share the gospel with those that have never heard it before. Our goal is to teach and train up uh, Tanzanian Assemblies of God ministers on how to effectively reach the university. We believe that the university are key to some of these cities and these harder to reach countries. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to walk into Ethiopia and Sudan and just say, hey, I'm just going to plant a church. Or the DRC. There's a little bit of strategy involved with it. And so our hope is this too. As we make disciples, there's nobody better to reach an African than what? Than an African. So we have a dream to raise up young Africans that are educated to go to these places. Places that we could never... Isn't that beautiful? And guess what? The Tanzanian assemblies, they have the same dream. So the Lord has brought us together. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that beautiful? <clears throat> so that's what we're going to do. And we want to know why we're going? Real simply. Because we love the Lord. And we love the things that His heart loves and we want to care for His heart and minister to His heart. Because He does such a great job ministering to ours. Amen. So I have actually two videos. So these are pretty fresh uh, and new. So we were in South Africa about two weeks ago. And these are new initiatives. And, and my goal, my hope, my dream, my prayer for this morning is not just to talk about what we're doing, but talk about what the Lord is doing around the world. So there's two places specific to Africa as a region within some of the God World Missions. There's two places that they're looking to target. And you'll see why. And so we're going to show videos. The first one uh, we'll show, and then the second one's a little more sensitive. And so we'll cut off the, the stream for that and, and do that, okay? So we're going to watch this and just let the Lord speak to you a little bit. Guinea is a country of about 13 million people today. 85% Muslims, but we also have a huge percentage of animists who have also adopted Islam. So I can push the percentage to 90, 92%. 13 million people, less than 1% evangelical Christians, that's a huge need. And among uh, the people groups that are in Guinea, we have three big people groups, the Malinkes, the Susus, and the Fulanis with the sub-tribes that are attached to those groups. Guinea is a Muslim-majority country, but it is not an Islamic state. So because of that fact, we can go everywhere and preach the gospel. Um, There is persecution, but that has not stopped us from planting churches. 
our prime minister, current prime minister, is an evangelical Christian and is a Pentecostal Christian. That is a huge opportunity. He has been visiting our churches and we have that support. We have support of the different people in government um, right now. So why has God given us this uh, open door? I don't know, but I think we should seize the moment right now and plant churches all over. Jesus has said that we should ask the master to send laborers. We need laborers. We want people that can come and work with us. We want people who God has called to church planting um, using different strategies that they can come to us and we together can work and plant churches all over this country. And also focusing on specific uh, people groups that are still unreached in this nation. But we also need people that will help us to train laborers, train pastors. We mobilize our pastors so that each local pastor with his church should plant at least one church a year. Some of the churches are doing two churches a year. Some are doing four churches a year. Like my own local church, we have said we are planting four churches a year. We started with about 70 congregations in 2017, but in five years, we have planted 143 churches. I believe that it is the time that we should plant churches. We don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what terrorism will do coming close to our borders like with Mali. We don't know what's going to happen. So now is the moment we must plant churches. There is an opportunity for us to do it today. Isn't that sweet? And that's a leader of the Assemblies of God in Guinea saying, please, would you come? Would you pray? Would you partner? Guinea has nothing to do with what we're doing in Tanzania except for the fact that we're all part of God's kingdom. And so, there's, there's one more video. You know, the, the scripture says that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And something that my friend uh, Dick Brogdon said, you know, I was a missionary kid, or I was a, a military kid growing up. So I moved around quite a bit, grew, you know, grew up in, a, in an army family. And my, my older brother was in the army as well, father, you know, 20 plus years. <clears throat> And so both of my, my, my father and, and my older brother went to war in places like Iraq and Afghanistan and other places. And in this country, I, I'll say this, and I mean this in the most humility, and this is what Dick, this is not my words, Dick, but I believe it. In this country, we're willing to send our, our children to fight these wars, but we're not willing to send them to some of these countries for the kingdom. So young people, especially young people, I pray that the Lord places something inside of your heart and your mind. That the Spirit speaks to you and, and parents. I Hopefully I'm not stepping on any toes. But I hope that the Lord places something in your heart and your mind to pray for your children in such a way. 
Of course there's thoughts about moving three little blonde children to East Africa that I have in my mind. But they don't belong to me. They belong to Him. And I love them. And I pray, and hopefully, Lord willing, some of my kids might end up being workers one day. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And some of them may not, and that's okay too. But that's something specific on my heart. So, with that, there's one more video I want to show you. And I'm just sharing with you guys the burden and some of the vision that the Assemblies of God at least is having for the world right now and places that we're looking at, uh, targeting, and where great needs are. So, we'll go ahead and cut the live stream for this one and throw the video up. Thank you. This is real. Isn't that cool? These are real things that are happening. And what does this have to do with Rochester area? What does it have to do with this place? What does it have to do with this, with this nation, this, this corner of the world? It has everything to do with it. Because we're all part of his kingdom. And we're all going to stand there one day. And I love there's this, this wonderful, it's my wife's like hero of the faith. Her name is Corey Ten Boom. Corey Ten Boom was a Dutch woman. And her family, uh, they, they hid the Jews from the Nazis uh, during World War II. <clears throat> and her family were found by the Nazis and put in camps and, and a few of her family members died and she survived. And she said something so so beautiful that I read. She said in that wonderful and that awesome day when the saints all around me appear, I hope that there will be someone there that said it was you who invited me here. That it was you who invited me here. And now we get to be together in glory. And so we're going to do something. I felt like the Lord put it on my heart first service. Something different. Are you guys okay with a little bit different? Okay, we'll see. So everybody pull out your phones. And uh, no, don't, uh, don't start looking at lunch spots. Go to Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever you use for a map if you have one, if you know how to do it. And let's take a let's take a look at this this big map that we call home. Look around the world, and so we're going to do something. This is this is you know like we we are we are serving in Tanzania, and it's a privilege and it's an honor to represent the Lord in East Africa. But my heart is for this world, for these nations, because that's His heart for this world. And so look around. Look in different areas. And we're just going to go into a little bit, just like a 30 second to a minute moment of silence. And ask the Lord, Lord, is there a country, something, would you speak to me? A country, a place that I could be praying for. Would you give me a burden for a place? Just a country. You don't even have to have a crazy, you don't have to be full of tears. But is there a place that you're willing to commit as a couple, as a family, as an individual, a country, a continent to pray for. So take some time. Now in First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10, the word says this. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth 
is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as the head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. Not some things. All things. And so this morning, in the same boldness that some of our brothers and sisters have in some of these places, I would ask in boldness, whenever you want, it doesn't have to be one at a time, whatever you, I want you to say, stand up and say that country out loud that you were looking at. Would you do that this morning? Let's pray. Father, the nations are yours. And we lift up our brothers and sisters around this world. God, we lift up those that don't know you yet. And Father, we pray for a mighty movement globally. That laborers would come in an unprecedented way to these places, God. To these fields of harvest, Lord. God, we pray for a greater desire, yearning in our hearts to pray for these countries. These corners of the world that we've never even thought about before, Lord. That you would give us a face, a family, a place, a location, God. That you would humble our hearts, Lord. That you would help our minds concentrate and think about the things that your heart and your mind are thinking about. God, we lay all of these things before you. Because you are worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. God, we pray that every tongue, tribe, nation, people, that they would come to know you, Lord. That we can stand in boldness and look at our King. Lord, that we can stand in boldness and look into your eyes in the day of days and say, we gave everything we had and we gave everything you were. And we love you, Lord. We love you with every fiber of our being, God. Teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray for these places. God, it's been an honor to be here today. I thank you for this church and how they've, they've backed my children and my wife and I. The most precious things you've ever given me, Lord. That they're praying for us. We love you with all of our hearts, God. And all of our minds and all of our strength, God. We love you. Amen. And real quickly, Pastor, you can come. You can come up if you want. The um, real quickly, there's a photo of a boy, and I think about this. This is this is true. This is really true. Is that a missionary? Think of a missionary as tying this rope around their waist, and they're going down the well to retrieve something that's fallen and that's lost, or a cave or whatever have it in your imagery. But somebody has to lower that worker down. And you got to pull this out. If God wills it. But this is you guys. And so you guys, we've tied this rope around our waist and said, Lord, we're heading to East Africa because you've called us. And the people in this small corner of the world you are here 
and you guys are lowering us down and you're holding the rope and you're supporting us. Not just financially, but in your prayer. Prayer, every great movement of God has always started in prayer. And so from the bottom of our hearts, I, I mean this, this is the last church that I'll speak at in New York before we leave. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for taking care of my friends that are on the piece of paper. I saw a lot of my friends' names on that paper. Thank you. And it's an honor to be with you this morning. And it's an honor to be your friend. Until he comes. Amen? Amen. Thank you, guys. I want to pray for Connor and, you know, make sure you go out to his table, take a prayer card and and keep their family in, in your prayers. And my prayer is that God spoke to your heart today. Wasn't it a good day? You know, my prayer for our church is that we wouldn't get comfortable and it's easy. It's easy to get comfortable and forget about the, the lost and dying world that's all around us. And, um, and my prayer for you is that your heart would grow and that you would see beyond our life and the things that we're going on to, to, to a world that Jesus actually loved and died for. And, and I want to make sure that's always in front of us, that we never forget that. And, and I believe that will soften our heart um, when we continue to have missions in front of us. It will humble our hearts. It will, as Connor said, keep us praying and never forget that that's our purpose as a church is to disciple people and to see them know Christ. That's our purpose, not only here, but around the world. And so we're so grateful to, to, to partner with Connor and what God is doing in East Africa. I, I wanted to, to, to pray for Connor, just a blessing over him, and as they get ready to, to take this next move, this next season. But some, something that the Lord just laid in my heart in, in the first service was that Connor is, is he's here because someone reached out to him on a college campus. And, um, you know, Connor's only 30. He could be my son. I feel so old. But, but the thing I love about Connor's testimony, and this is my perfume, just as he was talking, you may have a child that's away from the Lord. It doesn't have to be here in church. Connor didn't come to that in a church. He came to it on a college campus. And I want to pray for you, you parents, that maybe you're praying for your children, maybe they're away from the Lord, that God would just put somebody in their path like somebody was put in Connor's path. And it's amazing when Connor reached out to the Lord. God is so faithful to do that. And so I want to pray for Connor and pray for you and pray for your children that God would do that, that he would lead someone in their path. And it doesn't have to be at church. Amen. It can be wherever wherever God's people are. So would you pray with me? Father God, I want to thank you so much for this wonderful, powerful message today on your heart, your heart for people, God. That was so clearly expressed this morning, and that's that should be our heart. Lord, I, I pray for um, just everything that needs to be met in their lives would be met. And just thank you for them. I just pray a blessing over their life, over their marriage, over their children, Lord, and just thank you for their heart for you, God. And, I, and, and Lord, we pray for our children, those that may not be serving you. Lord, you, you place someone in their path, Lord, that shows concern for them, 
that shows them who Christ is, Lord. So we pray for our children, God, and we thank you that you can do that in so many different ways that we can't even think about or even comprehend. But you are a big God, and you are a faithful God, and you are a good God. So we trust you with that. So once again, I thank you for Connor's life, his family, and his wife, Lord, and we just lay them at your feet now. For we ask all these things in Jesus' most wonderful name. In Jesus' most wonderful name. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. Can we thank Connor again for him sharing with us? Thanks, Connor. Appreciate it.